When I think of some of the most incredible Bible stories, Moses parting the Red Sea so that the Israelites could escape the Egyptian army comes to mind, David fighting Goliath, maybe Joseph being promoted from prison to prime minister of Egypt, Daniel spending the night with the lions and surviving, Gideon fighting this massive army with just 300, and they didn't even have weapons. They used trumpets and lamps. Samson fighting an entire army single-handedly and winning. Jonah survives being thrown into an ocean storm off of a ship, swallowed by a whale, delivered to his destination by the whale. But another very extraordinary story comes to mind. The story of an archangel, heaven's most powerful angels, visiting a young Jewish teenager named Mary. Mary would have grown up in a strong Jewish home, part of a community of believers. She would have entered in a prearranged marriage, had many children, died in obscurity. But that's not how Mary's story ends. She had a special calling from God to be the mother of his son. She is from a region called Galilee. That's about 90 miles from the upper part of Israel where Jerusalem is in Judea. She's part of a community that wait for the Messiah. They all are longing and waiting for the Messiah. But what Mary could never have imagined, not in a million years, that what God had planned for her. The plan for Mary was written before she was ever born, a day when she would encounter his plan through an angel that was sent to him. Mary was engaged, an engagement in biblical time much different than engagement today. Engagement took place in the synagogue where they attended, with both families being there. The engagement was just as binding as marriage. In fact, to break the engagement, you would have to have a writ of divorce. Twelve months later, the couple would be married. I would love to have been at that meeting where Gabriel is summoned to the throne of God. And God says, Gabriel, I have a mission for you. I want you to go to a village called Nazareth. And there is a young Jewish girl there by the name of Mary. I want you to deliver a message to her and let her know that she is going to become the mother of my son. Satan will try to find out what you're doing. He will try to stop you. He won't. He can't. Take the strongest and fiercest warriors with you. That would have been a meeting because what a mission Gabriel was on. When Gabriel arrives at this very insignificant town of Nazareth and he finds Mary, who is still a teenager, having not accomplished anything significant in her life, maybe 15, 16 years of age, our story begins, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So Gabriel ignores Jerusalem, Judea. He goes straight to Galilee, this very insignificant village called Nazareth, not even mentioned in the Old Testament, not even mentioned by Jewish historians like Josephus. It was just a place, a hole-in-the-wall place between two very important cities. Mostly Gentiles lived there and Roman soldiers. 
But this is where Mary lived. One of Jesus' disciples was told, well, was asked to come and meet Jesus, and he asked, where is he from? And they said, he's from Nazareth, and this disciple's name was Nathaniel, and this was his reply, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Gabriel had visited earth just six months before he visited Mary. He'd gone to that upper part near Jerusalem to visit Zechariah, Mary's cousin. Zechariah was busy at work in the temple offering incense when suddenly Zechariah appeared at the altar while he was performing his duties. And Zechariah was startled. Everybody's startled when an angel comes. And the first thing an angel does is try to calm them down and ask them not to be afraid. This is what he said to Zechariah. He said to Zechariah that you and your wife will have a child, and you are to name him John. This was startling to Zechariah, since Zechariah was very old, and his wife was well past any age of bearing a child. And doubt immediately filled his mind. How in the world would anything like this ever be possible? Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Well, that is doubt. And here is the response of this angel, Gabriel. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Gabriel had visited this earth 500 years before when he visited Daniel in the Old Testament. Same angel. Daniel 9, 21. While I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you begin to pray, a word went out which I have come to tell you for you are highly esteemed. A word from God. And Gabriel brought that message to Daniel. So when Gabriel descends, I'm sure accompanied by many powerful angels, these are the first words he speaks to Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Now Mary is frightened and startled, all human beings are But Mary is undoubtedly the most blessed of women chosen for this task to be the mother of the Lord. And I am sure features of Jesus came from Mary because she was his natural mother. Mary's response is remarkable. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Her brain had to be spinning. But she is a reflective person even at this young age. Not flighty, but contemplative, some very extraordinary qualities. Like David, she had learned to think, and all through her life, Luke writes, and Mary pondered this, or, or Mary treasured this in her heart, the ability to think about what she couldn't figure out. David said this, May the arrogant be put to shame for wronging me without cause, but I will meditate on your precepts. That's what a thinking person does. This was a moment a moment beyond anything that Mary could even grasp or process at that moment. Gabriel encourages her to not be afraid, but the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. 
Put yourself, just for a moment, if you can, in Mary's place. This angel, who has taken on a human body, is standing there, speaking to you, bringing this message. You are bewildered, frightened, but the angel speaking softly. But the announcement is shocking. There's no ultrasound needed here. You're going to have a baby. The baby will be a boy, and I've even brought the name. You will call him Jesus. The angel next explains something about this child, what this child will be like. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Whatever mother wants to know, what will my child be like? He will be great. Mary heard, you're going to become pregnant. You are going to call his name Jesus. He will be the Son of God. He will be the Messiah. But Mary needs some clarification. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? I have not known a man in that way. So how would this be possible? This isn't doubt. This is just clarification. And the angel gives it. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The explanation of a divine miracle, a virgin would have a child. It's what Isaiah prophesied nearly a thousand years before. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. You can be sure Mary felt the presence of God as Gabriel is speaking to her and giving her this message and clarifying this message. And I'm sure that years later, when Luke, the writer of this gospel, the third gospel, sat down to interview her, and she recounted this moment when Gabriel, this angel from heaven, came, she would have recalled the powerful presence of God. What an encounter. What a moment. Gabriel gives Mary a sign to help her believe because he knows the next nine months will not be easy for Mary. She will have to face derision, doubt from her family, even from her engaged husband-to-be, Joseph. So he gives her some encouragement. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. This is certainly a shock to Mary. And she's already six months pregnant, and you didn't know that, Mary. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Gabriel was saying, Mary, the challenges that face you, remember, nothing is too difficult for God. And whatever God says, his word does not fail. Nothing's too hard for him. Mary's response is admirable. It just says she believes. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. And then the angel left. May everything you have said to me come to pass. That is the response of a believer. Now just think about Mary's challenges for a moment. They had to be mind-boggling. How does she tell her family what has happened to her? How does she tell Joseph? Does any sane person believe a story like this? Joseph, who loves her, can't even believe it. He struggles. Mary leaves for several months. It's better because the confusion she leaves behind in Galilee, she makes that 90-mile journey and spends several months with her cousin. 
Her cousin Elizabeth says to her, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. All through Jesus' ministry, he would be referred to as an illegitimate child. The pain of that would cause enormous pain to Mary more than to Jesus. But that is only part of the struggle that she would endure in the months before and during his life. But her response is, I am the Lord's servant, and may your word to me be fulfilled. Those are words of submission, what Jesus taught us to pray every day in the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is submission, that is surrender for your will, God, to be done in my life. And nine months later, so much has happened. Her cousin Elizabeth has had that son, John, the prophet, who will be the forerunner of God. She has watched Joseph struggle, believing her story, till the point he couldn't believe it. And he said to her that he would file for divorce. The only thing that stopped him was Gabriel having to make another trip to earth and to tell Joseph, the story Mary has told you is true, and now I am confirming it. So Joseph comes back and says, you know that angel I didn't believe in? I believe in him. He came to talk to me last night. And then suddenly there is this edict passed by this guy named Caesar who is in Rome about a thousand miles away who decides he needs more money and Suddenly, it's urgent, it's immediate, that everyone must go to your place of origin. So you saw my grandson, Neil, say, I, have to, I belong to the family of David, I have to go to Bethlehem. Well, that is what Joseph had to do. When Mary is nine months pregnant, they have to make a 90-mile journey. No automobiles, no trains, no cars. You walk. Or if you're very wealthy, you have a donkey. So they made this 90-mile journey to arrive to find that there was, were full. No, a lot of no's, no. But Mary's about to have a baby. There's confusion in Mary's mind, Joseph's mind, so he is persistent and persistent. God is closing doors. It's not just the innkeeper, it's God saying, no room, no room. And then God opens a door, the door to a stable. The stable happens to be where he wants it to be, in a town called Bethlehem, because a prophet 400 years before predicted that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. His name is Micah, the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. And that prophecy was fulfilled. Though it may have seemed chaotic to Joseph and Mary, doors closing, doors closing, and then one opens and a baby is born in Bethlehem, fulfilling that prophecy. Christmas is when God comes near. The shepherds, the angels the stable, the trip to Bethlehem. It's a riveting story woven in beauty, but it's a real story with real characters. One important fact about the Christmas story is that the news comes to the humble. Jerusalem, where all the important people are, nobody knows about this story. 
the high priest, all the rich people, the people who are so smart, they know nothing of it. These humble shepherds are the first people underscoring humility. In fact, Mary will recognize this and sing it in her song. Imagine a young teenager who has just been given the privilege of being the mother of the Messiah that they have waited for for thousands of years. Here's part of her song. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Nine months later on Christmas Day, it was to poor humble shepherds that the angels gave their heavenly announcements. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those to whom his favor rests. Jesus came to the humble. He came to the needy. He came to those who recognize, I am a sinner. I need God. That's what Christmas is. God had a purpose for Mary's life that was far beyond anything she could imagine. You might say it was mind-altering. It blew her mind to think that God had that plan for her. But God has a plan for all of our lives. Her response is exemplary for all of us. I am your servant. May your words be fulfilled in my life. In other words, whatever you want for me, that's what I want, is to be your servant. That's what Christmas actually means for all of us.